What is up, everybody? Isaac here with Civil Engineering Academy. Excited to be with you. Another fun podcast episode. Today, I bring on Luke Rowley. He's actually uh, running a few websites that are out there, one for goal setting, one for PEFE preparation. And he's also a structural engineer. He graduated from Brigham Young University, um, eventually passed his PE exam, uh, works in the solar industry as a structural engineer. And he, I bring him on because he's done a ton of digital marketing. He's written a ton of articles. Uh, and we talk a lot about goal setting. I know we're in January, but I really love his content. And I think you'll really enjoy it too. Uh, so we dive into goal setting, some of the pillars that he talks about that you should be setting goals around. Um, we also talk about the mindset of preparing for the PE exam. And if you have found yourself failing, kind of a resource and what you should be doing for the next steps. So really had a fun conversation with Luke. I think you're going to enjoy this as well. And it's all coming up right after this. All right, Luke, what is going on? Welcome to the Civil Engineering Academy podcast. Glad to be here. Happy you're here. Uh, I know we've done a lot of chatting in the past, but, uh, you know, it's always good to, to get to know new faces, good to, mm -hmm. to get to know you. Um, as we dive into this little journey that uh, this podcast, why don't you share a little bit more about your background, maybe how you found yourself into engineering? Yeah, so I guess it all started when I was young and uh, I started to, um, even in elementary school, I, I started to realize I really like math and, and teachers and, and even my parents would be like, you're really good at this. Um, and uh, I, I just, you know, kind of took to that really quickly. And then I got into high school and I started to realize I really like science. Um, mm -hmm. And then I, uh, you know, was kind of figuring out, okay, what do I want to major in when I got to college? And I was asking around and, and thinking about it. And I would take these, uh, you know, these aptitude tests as you, as you take. And uh, mm -hmm. they would all, every one of them was like engineering, engineering, engineering. And I was like, okay, there's, you know, there's a sign. And, you know, a bunch of people would say, oh yeah, you'd, you'd be good uh, at this and, and you'd like it. And so decided to, uh, to try out civil engineering. And, uh, and I'll be honest, it was hard at first. Like at first I was like, really like, am I going to like this? Like, am I, I don't know. And there were, there were definitely like a few classes where I was like, I don't think this is going to work out. Like maybe I should not do this. And I even one semester took a psychology class because I also really like psychology and, and, and that kind of thing. Sure. Oddly enough, kind of very different you know, things there. But, um, and I was like, Oh, maybe I'll change my major. But I was far enough into it that I was like, no, 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 I'm going to keep with, I'm going to stick with this. Um, and then I got into the field and I was like, this is so much better than school. <laughs> so much more like the actual math and science that I enjoyed. And it, it, it's just, it's problem solving. You know, you get really, really good at problem solving in school and you don't realize that's what's going on when you're solving these complex integrals or you're trying to, you know, figure out what equation to use to solve you know, this problem on an exam or whatever. Mm -hmm. um, but you get into the, into the field and you're like, well, now I can actually, you know, I, I have a calculator with me. I don't have to take this test without a calculator or whatever, or, you know, I can, I can have the book right there with me. And, and then suddenly it's like, oh, this is, this is fun. And, you know, it's, it's just problem solving over and over again and, and creating interesting solutions to, um, the more complex problems that, that come up. And, and so that's, just, yeah, that. that's just a lot of fun. Yeah. Did you have any other influence that influenced your decision to be an engineer? Was there a parent? Was there a relative? Was there a brother? Anything like that? Mm, that you not, could bounce ideas off of? 
not like uh not like any one person specifically um it was more kind of from a lot of different angles like um i have a lot on my dad's side of the family that they kind of you know they'll they'll do their own construction projects and mm. um you know that kind of thing and then uh on my mom's side there's a, a couple of engineer uh, uh a couple of uncles i have that are engineers on that side um and so it was kind of just always kind of always around and, and kind of always there i hadn't r- really noticed you know because when you're a kid and even t- throughout high school, you're like, I don't know what any of my uncles do. Right. <laughs> but then in college, like I remember one assignment, I had to interview uh, one of my uncles about his engineering job um, for one of my engineering classes. Um, and that's when it started to hit that like, okay, yeah, that's why like, you know, this kind of, it's kind of in my blood, just the, you know, the math and science and this just whole kind of thing that like, I just, I just like to, to do this. So yeah. Carrying the torch, man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Kind of. <laughs> I like it. So, um, okay. Fast forward to today, then what are you doing today? Um, I know you do a lot of different stuff, whether it's online or in the workplace, but kind of give us a a picture of what's going on today. Yeah. Yeah. So I, uh, I guess I'll, I'll back up and I'll say where I started. I, um, so after, right after I finished my, uh, bachelor's degree at BYU, um, I started working for a firm and, uh, was designing, you know, doing structural engineering, uh, doing structural design for residential construction, and then also doing, um, roof evaluations for solar panels, basically just making sure the roof could handle the additional weight of the solar panels and, uh, and that it was okay for the, the design loads that it should be up to code for, you know, in older mm. homes. Um, and so I did that for a little while and I, I, I started thinking maybe I want to do this on my own. And so, um, kind of left, uh, that company I was with and, and started doing it on my own, was doing that on my own for a little while. And kind of at the same time as I was starting that, I started to get into, um, websites, building websites, blogging, um, search engine optimization, digital marketing, I guess you could say. Yeah. And, uh, so I started to to try to figure all of that out kind of at the same time. And then working for myself freed up a lot of time that I could do that. And so um, did a bunch of work in that for a little while and started some of my own websites. And so those were going. And then just this last year, just a few months ago, um, was working for myself. And I was sitting there thinking, you know... I kind of feel like I'm a little burnt out of being alone in my office here at home. I I kind of want to be around people. And so that's when I decided to go uh, get a, a full-time job, which, which seems weird. You know, people, people like, Oh, there's this kind of mass quitting the workplace kind of thing. And um, you know, people don't quit a bad job. They quit a bad boss. Right. Which is part of right. my reason I had wanted to leave uh, my previous firm anyway. But uh but I was kind of like, well, you know, I kind of want to see see what it's like to work around people. So I decided to go um, and get a job. And so now I work as I'm the structural engineer for Ion Solar. So um, mm. still doing the roof evaluations for solar panels. I've, I had been doing that, you know, ever since, um, you know, I, I uh, started my own uh, engineering company. Um, so I do that for them now. Um, and then I also still do my own engineering work on the side, but I don't uh, prioritize that a ton. I, I don't actively market for that, I should say. Um, and then I have the the two websites, the two main websites I have. One is to um, help prospective professional engineers pass the PE and, and the FE exam. Um, and then the other one is a goal setting website. Um, and so uh, kind of do a little bit of all of those things. Uh, well, and the main thing is, of course, my my job. Um, and I really like it. I like being in an office and I like being around people. I get to I get to have the best of both worlds of mentoring people and also uh, doing the engineering calculations and, and solving problems, like I said before, that I, I really enjoy. So that's awesome. So, yeah, you, you touched on a point there that maybe I want to 
talk about a little bit, but most people are trying to find a way out of work. Yep. Um, you know, they are trying to get into an online space or do something else, switch jobs, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. So um, was the biggest aspect of coming back into the workplace, I guess, finding a job, the social aspect for you? I mean, or was it was there other factors, job knowledge or otherwise? What, what right. was your mindset yeah. there? Yeah, great question. So it kind of started... Uh, honestly, it kind of started as things were changing up in the way uh, in some of the work I had for um, the digital marketing. I had actually, at a, there was a certain point I was doing more digital marketing uh, work than engineering work. Um, hmm. And so that was kind of the the main chunk of my income. And some things were changing up with that, that I was like, okay, I need to start looking into something new. And I was actually almost thinking about um, transitioning into doing just the digital marketing like full time. Um, And then something inside of me was like, look back to your engineering career. And I was like, well, that seems a little weird. Why, you know, why would I do that? And then I just remember uh, just sitting there kind of thinking, well, I I would be really good at being uh, the structural engineer for a solar company because that's what I've been doing the whole time. Um, And so I, I just Googled, um, you know, structural engineer for solar companies or, or something along those lines. And, and the first hit there was a job opening for this solar company that I had done work for before at my previous firm. And so I was like, Oh, I know these guys, they're, they're great, you know? And, um, so looked into it there and, uh, yeah, I don't know. That was, that was kind of how it all started there. And then as I started getting into this idea of, working in an office again, I started to realize, you know, I, I didn't, I didn't, I hadn't realized how burnt out I was of being my own boss. Um, and not to say that I'd failed at that or that I was, I was bad at that. I think just, uh, kind of world events and life events, um, at at the time, just a lot of crazy things were going on, uh, in my life, lots of, lots of good things, um, as well as, you know, some difficult ones. Uh, I just started to realize, you know, I, I think I need to take a break from this and, and start to go, um, you know, have a boss, be in an office, work around people. Sure. Um, and then I started, it started to hit me, like, as I was getting more and more into it. And, you know, uh, after the interview and things and talking about it with my wife, I realized, and because one of the things that I, I really love, and that I'm really great at is teaching and mentoring. And so um, I've, I started to, um, you know, try to find ways to utilize that strength. Because when you utilize your strengths, that's when you're the happiest, I think. Um, and so I started to realize that's what this job was going to be. Um, and it would utilize the best of both worlds. I'd get to do the engineering work that I like and that I'm best at. And I would also get to train and mentor and teach and, uh, and, and basically, you know, kind of be a, a manager uh, and a leader, which I was also excited about. And so I, I just started to realize, like, this could be really perfect for me. Hmm. Um, and, and so far it has been. And it's, it's just been one of the best decisions. And, you know, people will knock the whole, oh, having a job and they'll say, oh, yeah, work for yourself and get the freedom. And, I've started to realize it's it's been really strange, but I started to realize how awesome, how wonderful it is to need to uh, get an income. Now, of course, I completely agree that like people should be treated fairly and we shouldn't, you know, people shouldn't have to um, sacrifice so much of their lives to get, you know, an income. They They shouldn't be, you know, super, super poor. Like, um, I, I think right. people should just be generally treated better in the workplace, but I don't think that this attitude of, like of anti-work basically uh not wanting to work at all i don't think that's the solution i I think that work actually is a source of happiness and that's what i learned 
transitioning from working to myself for myself, kind of having that freedom to work whenever I want and being able to say, Oh, I don't want to work today or, or whatever it was. Um, I started to realize like, you know, there, there actually is some, um, something good there about needing to pursue an income as long as of course you're, you know, treated fairly and, and that yeah. kind of thing. So uh, it's just great uh, to realize that. Yeah. I think, uh, I think there's tremendous value in work. I mean, it's mm-hmm. the reason why people a lot of times wake up and keep motivated <laughs> and moving. And many people that don't have jobs end up falling into, you know, a state of depression sometimes or their self-worth just tanks. And so, mm-hmm. uh, and not saying that you aren't working because you were obviously doing stuff, but, um, you know, maybe going into a workplace or having that mindset where you're like going to work and actually doing things you enjoy doing contributing mm-hmm. to society in a certain way is, exactly. is a big benefit to the mm-hmm. world. So exactly. Yep. I like, I like hearing that. That's good. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. <laughs> so, uh, you know, maybe this wraps into this, but one of the things I've noticed, uh, you wrote a blog article about life's lessons that you have learned. Uh, one of those things is that uh, you talk about setting fun goals. Mm-hmm. So, uh, could you chat about maybe some of the life's lessons you've learned and specifically about these fun goals? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, so I've been, I mean, and to give a little bit of background on that and that website, I've been setting goals since I was like 15 years old. My dad taught me his way of setting goals. He would set four goals, one in each of the main categories of life. There's spiritual, social, financial, and physical. Um, and so I, every year since then, I've just set one major goal in each of those areas. Um, and that's led to a lot of really great things in my life. And I think anybody can kind of follow that same pattern. And and that's kind of the basis, the foundation for my goal setting process and for that website. Um, and so as far as um, setting fun goals, you know, I say those, those four areas, I, I've called them the, the four areas or the four pillars of life, right? You kind of, you think about like a beam, right? You, you rest the beam on your pillars or on your columns. And, and that's how you make sure that it's going to stay standing against the forces that it needs to stand against. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's, that's what these are like. Um, and I've started to realize, especially a lot within the last few years, um, that there's actually a fifth pillar and that, that fifth pillar is fun. Um, and, uh, and fun goals can be just as important as all the others. Um, I think that we, we, uh, we're, we're overworked a lot and we are over, um, kind of over, uh, encouraged to be always progressing and, and seeking progress. And, and of course there's joy and there's fun in those things. I personally love doing them. Um, but I think there's definitely room and time for just saying, you know what, I think right now I just need to have fun and just kind of forget about you know my goals and things. And, um, for a little bit in the end of last year, I, I did that actually, I kind of just forgot about my goals and I was like, okay, you know, I'm just going to have fun right now. Just do fun things and relax and kind of recuperate from a little bit of burnout that I was having. Um, not a little, it was a lot of burnout. Um, yeah, you make a good point there. Like you felt like you were always on and most yeah, people feel yeah. this way. Like you uh-huh, always have to be uh-huh. on and, you know, progressing and doing better yep. and learning mm-hmm, something mm-hmm. new, reaching all these goals. So I, yeah, 
I like that you talk about these fun goals too, as that fifth pillar. So sorry oh, yeah. to interrupt. Yeah, no, no, you're good. No, that's a very, very good point. Um, and so, yeah, no, I was just going to say there's, there's really two ways to kind of include the idea of fun in your goals. Um, and I, it's just, you know, I say the word fun, but what really also comes to my mind is the word play. There's a lot of research and a lot of science. And I've summarized with this, uh, one of the digital marketing ventures that I was working on was a, a website that does book summaries. And so I'd summarized, I think, around 400 nonfiction books. And so there's a lot of information there that I have that's just kind of rolling around in my mind that occasionally one of these things will pop out and go, oh yeah, wait, there's a study on this or there's research on this thing or this thing is proven to work. And and uh, one of those things is play and that we don't get enough of it. And once we get more of it, we start to be happier and life starts to get better and it affects the other areas um, better. And so that that's one of the things that is really important about having fun and including fun in your goals is it makes you happier and it makes you more likely to do better in your other, uh, the other goals that you're working on. And there's really two ways to do it. The, the one way is to have goals, set goals that are just purely for fun, like a vacation goal, like, okay, I want to go to Alaska this year or, or whatever it is. Um, something that you've always wanted to do maybe as a hobby or whatever that you're like, okay, that would be really fun. I'm going to, I'm going to do that this year or this quarter or whatever. Um, but then there's also the aspect of making each goal that you have fun. And the example that I always like to give is a lot of people, and especially right now, will set the goal of like, I want to go running three times a week. And that's a horrible goal for like a lot of people. And they'll be like, oh, yeah, yeah, I'm going to do it. And and a lot of like, you know, people buy treadmills and and then they, you know, joke that the treadmill is just a coat rack. And that's this is exactly why is because they don't make that goal fun, right? Because it's something that they just they're doing what everybody else pushes them to do and not what they actually want to do. Right. And where I like walking, I, I read this just the other day that you can walk for, if you walk for three miles, it's the same, or you burn more calories than if you run one mile. And for like, I think like, you know, 90%, well, maybe not 90%, maybe for like 70% of people, that's going to be way more enjoyable because you could turn on a podcast or you can, you know, you could even watch a movie or, or, or right. listen to a book. And there's all sorts of great things that you can do um, to just, you know, and that one little change of making your goal fun, making it enjoyable, makes you so much more likely to actually do it. And then you get the benefits of how it improves your life. Um, and there's so much to be said for intrinsic motivation and and how that affects your your uh, likelihood of actually, you know, continuing to to do that goal. And so I just encourage like, you know, everybody listening to just make every one of your goals something that you enjoy doing don't go running if you hate running you know try going on a walk or you know play just dance like I, I love playing just dance like i need to get the newest version of it but or just dance it like i dance with my kids sometimes i've got this dance playlist and i'll turn that on and i'll you know move around or whatever and and that that counts as as exercise and, and can help towards your sure. fitness goals and so that's kind of the the aspect there of, of fun goals i love hearing that because there's so many engineers that are sitting behind a desk all day Mm -hmm. I'm, I might be one of them. And <laughs> usually, <laughs> usually kids uh, also get thrown in that mix. So it's kind of mm -hmm. hard to like mm -hmm. find the time to do that. But maybe there's a way that you can make exercise fun with your kids or things mm -hmm. of, of that nature. So you're not stuck behind a desk all day. Exactly. So, oh, for sure. For sure. Yeah. Uh, I really like that. Um, one of the things you also mentioned is you talk about money. So finance is mm -hmm. one of those pillars mm -hmm. and relationships. Mm -hmm. And I'm just curious your thoughts on how those two work together. Or how yeah. You've seen I them mean, work. 
Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, and really like all, all four of those pillars and then the fifth one, you know, um, they all work together. Um, when one rises, they all do. When, uh, when one falls, you know, they all kind of suffer as you have to kind of pick up the pieces of, of, you know, whatever's gone wrong in that area. Um, but, but relationships and finances are, are two, you know, really important ones because, and if you think about it, like, look at, um, you can see examples of it all the time where, you know, people in tough financial situations, it's, it's, I mean, that's one of the causes of, of, uh, uh, marital strain, right. Um, oh, and, yes. and one of the reasons people end up separating. Um, and so what, by, by taking care of that category, then, you know, you're helping your relationships and, and I'm talking about the negatives of it. There's also benefits, right? Like we recently, I mean, even recently with me changing jobs, it was, it was a pretty good boost in, in our income. Um, and even then I've noticed I'm able to uh, spoil my wife as I've always wanted to even better. And I've been able to do that, you know, since working for myself, that was a boost in our income, but even now it's, uh, it's, it's more. And, and it's just, it's just so awesome to be able to, to do that. Um, and not that, you know, always buying things is, is the best thing for every relationship, but, um, that's just one way that I've like, I've always wanted to be able to give back to my wife. And, and the other thing about it, this is, this is the other crazy, just little thing. Like it, it makes, it gives you more time and it gives you more time with each other. Um, before I started my job, I had, I was anticipating, okay, this is, you know, it was like 5 PM and it was around dinner time or whatever. And I was anticipating what it's, what it was going to be like once I, um, you know, was, going to start the job. And, uh, typically after dinner, I would go, you know, take care of the kids while my wife would, you know, clean and things. And, and I'd of course, you know, help start with the cleanup and things. And there were just a few other things at the end of it that she would do. Um, and I just noticed how long it took her, uh, one of the, you know, one of those nights that night that I was paying attention to it. And, and I was just like, man, I really wish that we could have more time together. Like it got really late in the day after we were, had had dinner. And I was like, well, we just need more time. Um, and you know, that kind of was rolling around in my mind and I didn't think about it until just recently. And I was like, wait, I should get her a Roomba, um, or, you know, one of those robot yeah. vacuums. And so for her birthday, that, that was one of the things I got her, not the only thing, cause you know, <laughs> who wants a vacuum for your birthday? It's like, Oh yeah, here, go clean. Right. But, but this is one of those things where it's like, no, I'm freeing up your time. But, but see, that's one of the things where it's like, when you take care of your finances, you can buy things that free up your time to be with the people that matter most in your life. And, and a lot of people, people are, you know, I've heard kind of the attitude of like, well, but you don't want to be lazy or you don't want that, you know, that kind of attitude of, of, you know, it's kind of lazy to, to free up your time, but it's, I don't, I don't think that that's true at all. I think it's, I think it's smart. It's working smart. Um, yes. and, and that's especially important in relationships because our time is just so limited. Um, and so that's, that's just been one example of how the finances helps. And then of course the relationships, she's been a great support throughout all of my, you know, career changes and all sorts of different things. Great to bounce ideas is off of and and so as i and and it's basically i mean one of the ways i love to think of it is it's it's kind of where you put your energy what you put your energy into grows and that can grow the other areas of your life as well and so as i put energy into my relationship and i mean like real energy like real effort um and uh, enthusiasm and and putting your heart into the time that you have together none of this being on your phones or even watching a movie, you know, like actually connecting with another human being and whether that's a marriage or with a kid or even just a friendship, 
that those things grow and that part of you grows when you put that energy, you know, they say you give what you give is what you get. Right. And that's exactly true in this case. And so as you put energy into those things, they grow and then the other areas can grow as well. And so that's, that's what I've seen in my life. And, and like I said, you've seen, you see tons of examples of it, both good and bad uh, all around the world. Um, in one of these articles, you also mentioned like what the highest indicator of happiness is. What do you think that is in your, in your opinion? Oh man, I can't, I, I'll be honest. I don't remember if I said what I believe the highest indicator was in the article. Um, but I think what's top of mind, top of mind is, is spirituality. Um, and, and for a lot of people, for, for me, that, that means that does mean, you know, religion, um, and, and, you know, even more formally than that, I'll say a, a relationship with God. Um, that's that's not for everybody. Um, that's you know, not everybody believes in God. I, I really believe firmly in the ability that, that people have to choose what they what they want, and um, really frustrates me when I see a lot of a lot of religious people kind of fighting against that by some of the things that they do. And we won't get into that. There's no need to. But um, but kind of to back up there, this the spiritual aspect of our lives is something I think that we way too often neglect, whether or not we're religious. Um, and again, for me, that means a relationship with God. But for somebody who who doesn't have a relationship with God or who doesn't believe in God, um, that could that could be a lot of different things, right? Um, and I think maybe one of the first and foremost is your relationship with yourself and how you are growing as a person in all of these areas. But also I think, yeah, that relationship with yourself is, is really important there. And so ways that you can feed that um, and, and ways that, you know, you are spiritual is, is things like gratitude um, and, and meditation um, and just taking time to enjoy life uh, and enjoy being yourself, being grateful for yourself, working on yourself, I think is a form of spirituality that a lot of people miss out on. And, um, you know, we kind of sometimes look down on or people sometimes look down on it a little bit like, oh, yeah, you know, yeah, I don't need to improve myself or, or, uh, you know, you're just being too hard on yourself or that kind of thing. But I, I really think that there is a joy in it that uh, a lot of people in the world are missing. Um, and I, I wish I could share. And that's part of the reason I, you know, I, I love setting goals. And part of the reason I want to share it with other people is because there is a huge joy in taking care of these aspects of your life. Um, and so really, I, I think it just comes down to um, focusing on on that um, and on, on caring for all of these all of these different areas of your life. And, and for me, that's that's really what's what's made me happy. Um, hmm. but even then, I think the reason why it's made me happy is because I'm focusing on my strengths and kind of goes back to what we were talking about with, with fun goals, where you're doing things that you enjoy. Right. Um, and I found this in work and in, in all aspects of life is that it really comes down to knowing yourself and knowing what you're best at, knowing what you enjoy the most, which those tend to be correlated. You, you tend to enjoy what you're the best at and you tend to be the best at what you enjoy. Right. And so once I, I think really it's just kind of having this setting aside time every day to have this self exploration and to be able to say, okay, what do I like about my life? What do I not like? What, what work do I really enjoy? And, and we kind of, you know, there's this whole idea of kind of chasing your passions, which also gets a bad rap sometimes. And I don't think it should because 
Um, you know, I think people take it too far and that's, that's where it gets a bad rap and that's totally understandable because you don't want to jump all in all at once. But if you apply that idea to just, you know, one little thing at a time, each area of your life at a time, and it's just a matter of knowing yourself. Like, like I said earlier, like if you don't like running or if you're not going to stick with running all year, don't set that goal, set Mm -hmm. a goal for something that you're really, really good at and really strong at. Um, with my kids, I started to realize, uh, as an example, I started to realize that I'm not the best at like, um, cause I have young kids. I'm not the best at playing with them, with their, you know, little toys and things. And like, I will play with them and I do try to prioritize that as much as I can. Um, but what I'm really good at my, my really, and I was really hard on myself about that because I've a lot, I've got a lot of people around me that are really, really good at that. And so mm-hmm. I envy that kind of thing. But then I sit back and I look at it and I'm like, wait, I'm really, really good at connecting with them, at, at talking with them. And so as I've tried to kind of emphasize on that and, and capitalize on that and utilize that as a way to um, kind of uh, complete that goal I have of, of connecting with my kids, my whole mindset has shifted and my connection with them has grown significantly. And so I started just, you know, I lay in the bed with with each of them uh, at night uh, as much as I can, uh, as long as I can. And and just talk with them, just talk about their day or talk about fun things we want to do. And I've been doing that for a couple of weeks now. And it's just been amazing to see how much different it is, how much different the mindset is. Like I'm so much happier with that goal and so much happier with my relationships with each of them. I feel so much better about it just because I looked, I had the, you know, I thought, okay, what am I good at? What am I bad at? You know, no, don't don't worry so much about what you're bad at. My Focus wife's really good at playing those toys with those kids. <laughs> yep. And I suck. <laughs> yep, basically. That's how I felt. <laughs> yep. Yeah. My wife does a similar thing. She does mm-hmm. the special time with the kids and mm-hmm. she does does it very well. And uh I, I probably don't do it so well. But <laughs> I mean, it's an uh, engineer thing, right? <laughs> yeah, maybe it is. I don't know. There's we'll teach them how to that. build a bridge or how to I don't know something. <laughs> Well, uh, Luke, um, we've talked a lot about goal setting, and I know there are many people out there that have struggled over and over again to pass either their FE or their PE exams. Mm-hmm. You know, if, if somebody has found themselves in that situation and their goal this year is to finally get over the hump, you know, try to get this thing over with, what what mindset do you think they have? How, what advice would you have for them if they, they have found themselves as a repeat taker? And what are some tips you would share to help them pass? Yeah, great question. And I love talking about this. The the very number one first thing that comes to my mind is take a course. Um, and Isaac didn't, you know, pay me to say that or anything or whatever. Um, I, I I say that and I, I genuinely like I I I don't know how else to just, you know, say this. It, it's hard to hard to say. As one who has a website and you know, I'm an affiliate for different courses and things, and so it's like, yeah, there is some monetary value there. But I, I legitimately like I want to like, like just emphasize so much that I legitimately want to help people pass this test because I've been there and I know how hard it is and how much it sucks to have <laughs> failed it and just have to wait. I mean, you don't have to do that anymore because it's computer based. But uh, yeah, it's just uh, it's just so frustrating to have that. But it, the contrast of after you take a course is just unbelievable like and the the reason so there's a few there's so many different reasons why i say having a course is a big deal 
Um, the first that comes to my mind, and, and I think you mentioned briefly kind of, uh, you know, the mindset and, and it's really a mindset shift is, is one of the biggest things that I think is beneficial of why a course is so important to have. Um, before when I failed the PE exam the first time, um, I kind of was, oh yeah, you know, I can do this and I can make a study plan. And, and that all took forever by myself, by the way. And you don't have to worry about any of that with a course because it's all done for you. Um, and I was just like, oh yeah, yeah, I can do this. And if I had decided to try again without taking a course, I probably would have been just stuck in that same mindset. Like, oh, I have to try harder or I have to, um, you know, study more or I have to put in more hours. I have to get more practice problems. That's not the solution. The solution is to change your mindset and to, and, and basically the, the, what it comes down to is you have to become a professional engineer to pass the PE exam. And that's exactly what it was for me. I didn't feel ready to be a professional engineer until I did what it took, studied as hard as it need I needed to study and, and as smart, I shouldn't say as hard, I should say as smart as I needed to be to pass the PE exam. And I could not, no matter how many times I tried on my own, I would never have been able to get out of that previous mindset and into the one that it took to actually pass the exam. The only way to do that was with a course. And the reason why is because you get other people's perspective and input and everything that that they know. And, and, and the other thing that's cool about that too, is that when you, when you get something wrong and you're just studying on your own, you don't have a course or, or anybody else helping you you a lot of the times do not know why you got that wrong. And you can look up answers and solutions and you'll find some of them, but it takes like three or four times as long as it does when you have a course and you have someone there to guide you through why these, why this is the right way to do it. And so for me, it was extremely eye-opening to see why I was missing some things. And even the things that I thought, oh yeah, I got this because it explains it this way to have someone there, like an instructor, you know, their face and be able to see them and to hear them talk through solutions and things was just, it just changed everything. Um, Makes sense to me. Oh yeah. It's just, it's huge. (laughs) And the other, the other thing about it is it's just crazy how I had not anticipated this, but when you drop the amount of money that you're going to drop on a course, <laughs> it like, and, and people are like, oh yeah, it's so much money. It's not worth it, whatever. No, it is 100% worth it because it changes your mindset because you're suddenly like, I have to do this because I paid this money. I do not want to waste, you know, $1,500 or, or whatever it is, right? I have to do this. And that's exactly the mindset it got me into. And it made right. me like, like when it got hard to study, I was like, no, I dropped this money on it. I'm going to do this. Right. And so it was just like <laughs> such a huge mindset shift. But I will tell you when I took like the morning portion of the exam, uh, compared, you know, the two different times, I was fairly confident the first time I took it, I was like, Oh yeah, I, I think I got this, but there were still plenty that I missed. The second time it was easy. Like I, I remember my wife was like in the area. I think she was at the aquarium or something that was in the area. And she came to see me at lunch on my second attempt after I'd taken a course. And I was like, she was like, so how's it going? And I was like, that was really easy. Like, <laughs> like I was like, either I completely bombed it because I know nothing. And I was like, that's probably not an option because I'm so well prepared or like I got every question right. And I was like, I'm pretty sure it's the second one. And awesome. because I, I, there, I don't think there was a single one that I was like, I don't know how to do this. Like literally everything. <laughs> and it was just like, 
I was just like getting in a flow state. Like when I was working some of the problems, I remember I was just like, I know exactly what to do with this because I have so much training and preparation. It was, a, it was amazing. Like it was one of the best feelings in the world. Like, oh, I was so happy. And the, the afternoon portion was hard, definitely hard, but it was still so much easier and so much better. And then of course I passed and I was lucky. Like I took it October, 2019 was my second attempt. And the PE wasn't offered again until October, 2020 because of COVID. Oh, yeah. So I got yep. really lucky. And so, and, and sometimes it can be like that for engineers. It's like, you just have to pass right now. Um, and so anyway, yeah, that's what I would say. Like the number one thing is, but then the other one, just real quick, I'll say is know the reference manual super, super well. Um, that's how I passed the FE exam. I just, I actually just looked at the reference manual for two to three hours the night before. So I knew it really well. And that was it. Like that was the extent of my study. I think I'd worked like a couple of practice problems here and there. Um, but like, it it's really like know it well good. yeah and with the computer-based stuff that's going to be your key to passing the exam i love now. it so yeah luke this has been fun to do thanks for uh joining yeah. the podcast mm-hmm. you shared a lot of tips about goal setting and mindset and all this fun stuff so yeah. i appreciate you jumping on and sharing this with us well thank you um what's the best way for our audience to, to reach out to you if they had questions about any of this um, so if you go, well, if you, if you want to learn, you know, more about, uh, my experience with the PE exam, my website is PE preparation, just the word preparation after PE, uh, com. And so you can go on there and the contact info should be all there. Uh, I think my email for that is Luke at pepreparation.com. It's L-U-K-E. Um, and then if you want to learn more about the goal setting, and you could probably email me at either of these, but um, if you want to learn more about the goal setting, that website is goalengineer.com, G-O-A-L-E-N-G-I-N-E-E-R.com. Um, and then my email for that is the same, Luke at goalengineer.com. Um, and yeah, that's the easiest way to get a hold of me. Sweet. Okay, we'll we'll link all that up in the show notes, but um, cool. make sure people can find you and take it. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, if they need more goal setting advice, go take mm-hmm. advantage. So I'd be uh, glad to help. <laughs> well, Luke, thanks for joining, and we'll see you thank in the you. next one. Well, thank you so much. Appreciate it. See ya. See ya.